The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. <laughs> it's dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. That's how we start. Matt blowing out smoke, uh, smoke saying, I love you. <laughs> I love you. We have uh, Daya Davis. We have uh, 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 Dustin Poirier's boxing coach will be on today because there's been a lot of talk about him fighting Diaz and what's holding the whole thing up. Now it looks like it's not going to happen because uh, UFC wants to extend um, Nate's contract. And uh, Brian Simpson is a very funny comedian um, who's on the, I believe it's called The Comedians. Uh, oh, sorry, The Stand-Ups on Netflix. And um, he's joining us today. I don't think Brian and I know each other. If we do, I, I don't, we've met and I don't remember. No, no, you said... Maybe we met and I don't remember. So I hope you did meet. And he's like, oh, oh, good to see you again. You're like, yeah, yeah, I remember. But now everybody knows you don't remember. I know, I know. I'm so, but my memory is getting bad though. It is what it is. Like you meet so many people in passing just casually here and there. Jimmy, it's totally true. And I'm sorry to go on the attack. I just, you know, I'm a little pent up. Why? You know why? My youngest got sick. You know, she's not bad. She's okay now. She she caught the COVID and now, but she's fine. Totally fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I got to stay away. So I'm not doing any jiu-jitsu for a little bit. So I'm a little like, I'm a little like this. Ah, and oh. I, got, I tested yesterday. I'm fine. I got nothing. Yeah. I got it a week ago, but I'm fine too. I mean, I yeah. feel zero symptoms. I'm, I feel healthy. Hopefully I can go back to serious this week. All right, let's bring uh, Diane Davis on. Yo, what's up, boys? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. How about how you guys doing? Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to you too. Uh, where are you right now? Um, currently at my gym in Boca. Oh, you're you're in Boca. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got to kind of ride everything out down in Florida, man. Things were so bad up here, and then they finally started opening. And I'm in New York. We get hit with COVID again, and now it's thirty. Like you really, uh, there's you must feel very lucky to live in Florida at times like this, dude. Fucking thank God for Governor DeSantis. <laughs> he is the man, bro. We riding around, we rolling around like cowboys down here. Yeah, maskless cowboys. It's the opposite over here. We're like the fucking Lone Ranger over this motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> God, sorry, Jimmy. I couldn't think of any cowboys that didn't show their face. That's okay. <laughs> this day, this is why everyone's moving down here to Florida. I think they said in the last 10 months, over 30,000 people moved down. Yeah, real estate really went up. How long have you been down there? And where are you raised there? Uh, dude, I've been out here for 17 years. I'm a New Yorker by heart. Oh, you Born are? Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
What brought you to Florida? Um, so what brought me to Florida was, was boxing. Um, my dad was down here. He was a trainer at American Top Team. I don't know if you guys know who my dad is, but Howard Davis Jr. My dad was a 1976 Olympic gold medalist. Gold winner, yeah. He trained uh, Chuck Liddell for a little bit. And, um, you know, naturally when I said I wanted to box, I wanted my dad to be my trainer. And I was in New York, so I called him up. And I, I got I got a late start in the boxing. I started at the age of 23. And uh, I just called my dad up. I said, Dad, I want to box. He said, box what? Oranges and grapes. And I was like, no, nah, man, I want to box. I think I can do this. And I was a chubby kid at the time. I was like 228 pounds. And he said, son, you're not going to be a heavyweight. If you're going to lose, you got to lose some weight. So um, I did that. And by doing that, I showed him how serious I was about saying, talk, t- saying my interest in boxing. And he said, all right, I'm going to give you a two-week trial. If if I think you got what it takes, you stay. If not, you're going back up up to New York. And I've been down here ever since. That was 2004. Now, where did you grow up in New York? Where where were you in New York? I grew up in Long Island. Wait, shit, man. We could have been hanging out ages ago. We're neighbors, bro. We're neighbors. I was in Massachusetts. Dude, all right. I know. That's my my hood over there. That's crazy, man. And I grew up in East Meadow. So how, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I am, dude, I just turned 40. All right. Well, you know what? Yeah. I would have been out of high school, right? I'm a couple of generations above you. I'm 47. But that's funny, man. We were right next to each other. That's so crazy, dude. Yeah, man. I didn't know you were out here. So then you moved to Florida. Now, with your father being who he is, why did we get started so late in the box? I had zero interest. Zero interest in boxing, man. Like anything combat related, any anything contact related, I wasn't even interested in. Like football, but basketball was my thing. And then from the age of like 10 to... 18, you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to the NBA. Once I got to college, I had to work. So my hoop dreams kind of basically went out the window. And uh, for like four years or so, I kind of sat around and I got heavy. And uh, I watched a boxing match between Vitaly Klitschko and Lennox Lewis. Okay. Lennox Lewis's last fight. And Vitaly was called on short notice. He was called on like three weeks notice. And he was giving Lennox fits. So I was like, damn, man, this this guy's called on short notice. And he's giving away the heavyweight champion of the world problems. I said, man, I think I think I could be heavyweight champ of the world. So that's when I called my dad up and I was like, man, I can do this. Mind you, I was 230. You know, I was like one twinkie away from being fat. Yeah. What did you think you were gonna do between 18 to 23 though when you were home from school? Like what did you go to school for? Like what 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 was the direction you were headed in if it hadn't been for this trip to Florida? Honestly, I really I wasn't sure. You know, like I went to college, I just any basic uh program I entered, which was a communication journalism. And, you know, I really didn't follow the path. I did. I probably did one year. Then after that, I got a job. I was a uh, manager at a tuxedo store, you know, a couple of years doing that. And I'm like, man, fuck weddings, fuck proms. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this shit. I got to find my niche. Yeah. And uh, I felt like boxing was it. So how'd you transition? How'd, you, how'd your fighting go? How'd your career go with that? And then I want to hear how you transitioned from fighter to coach. So I trained for about eight months. My dad felt like I had, I had what it took. We skipped the amateurs. We went straight pro. Um, I've been ranked as high as number three in the world in the super middleweight division. I've won some regional titles. I got a belt right above me, above me now. Um, I put on Showtime, ESPN. I mean, I did fairly well for somebody who started at 23. Again, being ranked as high as number three in the world. And then when my dad retired from top team as a coach, he opened up his own promotion, promotional company called Fight Time Promotions. And they were the biggest uh fight time promotions down in the east coast the southeast coast and once he retired he asked me if i'd be interested in taking over his coaching gig and i'm like pops you know at that time i actually just won the biggest fight of my life 
I upset a guy who was like 21 and 0 with 17 knockouts, beat him unanimous decision on Showtime. And he was asking me if I wanted, wanted his job as a coach. I'm like, Pops, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to make millions. He was like, yeah, he's like, I get that. But, you know, fighting's not forever. He's like, I know you enjoy teaching because, you know, I would sometimes take over his classes. And um, he said, and it'll be some good supplemental income while you're not fighting. And I'm like, uh, all right. And it turns out I enjoyed coaching just as much as I did fighting because on a receiving end, I would get the rewards and accolades of, you know, helping the guy out. And this way, I wasn't taking any punches. I wasn't taking any damage either. So I felt that it was just as rewarding. You could do it forever also. For sure. You know, it doesn't get you. You get beat up a little bit as a coach, though. You know, holding pads. and I hear you. Ray Longo, 64 years old. I, didn't, I hope I didn't add a year onto his life. I'm pretty sure he's 64. <laughs> that, that big Italian gentleman, he's in there. Looks like an extra from The Sopranos. He's in there holding the tie pads. It is amazing. He is a big dude. You big guys, I guess it might be a little, a little I don't know. You do have Freddie Roach in there, with, and he's got Parkinson's holding and stuff. But you guys, it does help being a big dude, no? Holding the mitts? Yeah. I mean, you know, the bigger guys, I try to keep the, the big guys busy, man. You know, like when you when you keep those guys punching fluently, you know, they're not really hitting so hard. But if you're going like one, two, bing, bing, then you're feeling everything. Yeah. Yeah, especially that thing you wear. I've seen guys wear that around their what, – what, what's that called, the thing you wear around your waist to take body yeah, the, shots? Yeah, the punch shield? No, I don't wear that. No? <laughs> I don't wear that. No, no, no. I'll find myself having to use the bathroom right after that. Those guys start, you know, get, giving you bubble guts. No, thank you. Yeah, I think it was uh, – what was his name? Dick Sadler, who was uh, Foreman's coach, um, George Foreman's coach. To, right. To, to, to sit there and take those shots from a guy like that. Like, you know, no, I, I just. One of, one of the biggest heavyweight punches in history. Come on, no way. Now, what, what is the, the difference between, say, regular boxing coaching and then training somebody fighting uh, in MMA? Uh, I mean, there's got to be a different positioning of, of legs or different things to watch out for. What, what's the biggest difference you've seen? You know what? I really, I don't focus on that so much. I think it's up to the guy to make the adaption. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to work on what I think needs uh specifically needs to be worked on um and as far as like the the striking the distance goes you know guys got to figure that out and it all it all depends on who we're fighting too you know like if i know we're fighting somebody who's wrestling based um you know i want to keep them mobile keep them moving get their shots off and then be aware for the takedown if we're fighting fighting somebody uh more striking based um then i know i can really hone in on on boxing specifically so it all depends on the opponent so you so you do when you when you're the you're the boxing coach you you don't do the, the the kicks also or do you I do I do I mean I've been around the sport long enough yeah. to where I I you know I play around I throw a couple of high kicks I throw a couple of inside kicks um I may throw uh, have my guy throw a combination and I'll I'll try to shoot in or basically show an attempt for a takedown um I won't finish the takedown I don't think I've ever finished the takedown <laughs> I'll, either, I'll at least show it, you know what I mean, just to make my, my guy keen of, of what's going to happen or what can happen in that situation. Because you being an expert with, with, the, um, with the boxing, sometimes it's good when somebody's specific for, for that role and saying, all right, and then it's up to you to, to add in the striking to the shots, to whatnot. I don't know. The, you know, striking to the takedowns. And when you right. say they have to put it together or add in with the ranges, I think that's smart. And my second part of that was I was going to say, how proud are you? Were were you when uh when Dustin, you know everybody now, it, you know he already beat him and now he, he came out the best in the trilogy with Connor, 
But when he came back after being bested by him and he put him down with his hands, that had to feel fucking phenomenal as a boxing coach. It was fucking amazing, man. Yeah, talk, talk about the, the, the big get back. That's what we were, we were looking for, you know, and it took a little while. I mean, you know, it happened in the second round, but it, it takes, sometimes it takes Dustin a little while to feel a guy out, especially a sharpshooter like Connor. You know, he looks for you to throw one shot. He looks to pull and counter. So you got to be very wary of a guy like that. Um, but yeah, once he got it going, man, those, those hands were flying. And I, I'd say Dustin is probably the most dangerous finisher, the best finisher and MMA, he, he gets a guy hurt, and he's going to put you away. He doesn't stop. And what's there's been talking about him fighting uh, Diaz, and, uh, you know, Diaz is going back and forth saying UFC wants to extend his contract, and now it's not going to happen, and Dustin seemed to think it was going to happen at one point. Um, where, where are, What's the latest on that? You probably know more than we do. So, dude, um, the possibility of it happening was very likely, and the possibility of it happen, happening as, as early as this month. I don't know what was going on or if there is anything going on with this uh, – Sirogan and Ngano fight. Um, but I was led to believe that the fight was in jeopardy. What really? I could almost see that being that, you know, Cyril's from France coming into the States. You know, most most guys entering the States have to be fight have to be vaccinated, right? Fighters yeah. have to be vaccinated. So I don't know where his stance was with that. So I could possibly see that being an issue or one of the one of the factors of why the fight wasn't happening. But uh yeah, the, the fight with Diaz and uh, Dustin was very close to being made for the 22nd. So I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if that fight was in jeopardy, but they they were looking to replace that. So I don't know. I don't know if this is a can of worms that are opening uh, that I'm opening or what, but I don't know what happened. Uh, but Dustin definitely said yes to the fight on the 22nd. And I think Diaz said no. And again, I don't know if that's contract contractual extension. If the money wasn't right, I don't know what the deal was. But uh, yeah, no, no go as of right now. Yeah, I, uh, I think, I think uh, UFC uh, they had said they wanted to extend. Uh, I guess because they want a third Connor fight too for for Nate, because both of these uh, guys have such good success with Connor as far as you right. know, making money. Um, right. I guess right. they want one more. But Diaz Poirier, I mean, what a great fight that is too. Of course. I mean, dude, with all the uh, the history and all the shit talk, you know, the fight was supposed to happen a couple of years ago. So yeah. 2018, right? 2018, yeah. Styles make fights also. So, I mean, it, you know, I don't think too many, I don't think anybody's going to be really looking to, well, you never know, but a lot's going to be dictated on the feet there. I can't see anybody looking for a double leg right away. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't see that happening. It's funny, man. No, Dustin does so great when any, what he did with Connor and his, and his career, he loses one fight to, to Charles Oliveira and people just shitting on him. It's such a brutal, you know what I mean? People, ah, why did he open his guard? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? It's like, Hey man, you, you're fighting one of the deadliest guys on the planet. You know what I mean? And you're, you're you know, I don't know. Sometimes you have to adapt on the, on the fly, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, man, we, we know Oliveira was dangerous, uh, especially when it comes to grappling and jujitsu. Uh, we tried to avoid that as best as possible, and that's that's what we worked on the entire time in camp. And dude, he got the takedown in the second round. He held him um, for the most part of the second round, and you know you hold hold the guy down for three and a half minutes, three plus minutes. You're gonna gas out your arms and exhaust yourself. And you know we know going into the third round we were we were in some trouble. Um, but I mean the first round he did phenomenal, man. You know, but he he, he also exerted a lot, dropping him twice. No, yeah. Oh shit, man. A very, a very busy round. The first round was. Yeah, oh, you gotta. I mean, you gotta admire the perseverance of a guy like Charles Oliveira. 
you know, because he had a Korea too that was looking like he was just like almost batting 500 in there. And next thing you know, he went on tear. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the beauty of the sport, man. You know, you could be a guy who looked like he's down and out, and then boom, next thing you know, you're riding high. Glover to Shara. I mean, I'm mean, I mean, looking at how Glover just, you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Uh, I think he's on a six fight, man. I think it's six fights in a row. It's something like that. Yeah. And uh, and he's no spring chicken. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Glover's 43, man. I actually just saw Glover this weekend at a boxing event. Such a sweetheart of a guy, huh? Yeah, he's great, man. Amazing guy. Yeah, such a great guy. It is great. Amazing how many uh, how many fighters are, are, are so dangerous now into their late 30s and early 40s. And, and again, you have to just assume it's got a lot to do with treatments, um, you know, and, and things like the Performance Institute uh, and, and all these ways of keeping themselves healthy. But it's really nice to see. Yeah. I mean, I think guys into, into, their, into their 30s and mid-30s are just a little bit more knowledgeable about the sport. They're guys who are veterans or solid professionals, you know, they, they know how to pace themselves. They, they know what shots they're looking for. They know what works best for them. They have an identity of what works best for them. So. You know, I think the longer in the tooth could be better, man. You even see it in, in boxing, guys, you know, having a, a longer lasting career. And yeah, I think I think recoveries and everything aid to that, too. Is there a, a what do you think? Because boxing, I used to love boxing growing up and, and I stopped liking it, but it wasn't because of the fighters. It was more because of all the stuff around the fights and the difficulty in making certain fights happen. And I just felt like it was right. so frustrating. And I, I think the judging has become so bad in some of these um what was it? Uh, uh, Golovkin Alvarez, I think, was that first fight. Um, right. Where I, I thought uh, Golovkin won that fight, and uh, it, it was just uh, the one judge. This atrocious scoring—I forget her name—but she had this atrocious. Adelaide, I think it's Adelaide, Adelaide Bird. But it was it was it was so egregiously bad. And I'm like, I can't even enjoy the sport because I feel like I'm going to watch you know twelve rounds, and I still have no idea what's going to happen, and not in a good way. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think guys sit there knowing without an actual score, scoring bout, you know, have a good sense of who actually won the fight, as does the rest of the crowd. And then somehow the guy who's supposed to win, who may be losing, still wins the fight. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And, I mean, boxing is in today's age and era has just become more of a business. And there are a lot of different promoters out there. That's why, you know, they can't sit down and agree at the table. To why is a fight shouldn't should get made but doesn't get made? It's just too many Indians, man. Not enough Chiefs. How many, how amazing is Bernard Hopkins? I mean, uh, how old was he when he had his last fight? Was he fifty or fifty one? Fifty one. Fifty thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> fifty one, bro. Amazing, incredible, yeah. amazing. I, I actually had I actually had a an opportunity to spar with Bernard Hopkins for two camps. I helped him get ready for the first fight with Jermaine Taylor. This was for the undisputed middleweight title. And then the second fight with Roy Jones. Yeah. So, I mean, that was like, that was like, for me, that was like me going to college, you know? When did you uh, know it was time to uh, hang up the gloves? When did you say, you know what? I, I quenched that thirst. Uh, so I was still pretty much chasing the dream at 36. And then I knew it was time to hang it up to where when I was no longer ranked in the top 10. Yeah. And again, it became more of a business. Like, the younger guys who were coming up, who were still kind of like padding their record, but, you know, ranked pretty highly within the top five or top 10. Like I was being avoided, you know, like I would get calls on 
three weeks notice, one month notice. Hey man, you want to take this, this fight with so-and-so on Showtime? It's 10 rounds, 168 pounds. This is what you're making. Do you want the fight? I would always say yes. Now the other side, they would say, ah, oh, this is a dangerous matchup. Or they would go to Instagram, all oh, this guy's in the gym. So it was kind of like these guys wanted to, I, I became uh, an old veteran, but still somehow found ways to win fights. So I became dangerous. You know, I was just like avoided. So I was like, ah, you know what? I'm 36. I can't get the fights that I want. You know, I'm not going to keep doing this. I'm not going to keep dragging my family through this. That's it. I've, I've seen my last day. And you got your marbles, which is most right. important. You got your. For sure. For sure. That's one thing my dad, one, one thing my dad said to me, he says, look, when you went to this game, you want to, you want to exit the game the same way you come in. That's with all your faculties in check. Shit, yeah, man. Hey, did either, this is for both of you guys. Did you ever see that Mark Wahlberg movie of when he played the uh, boxer, Mickey Ward? Mickey oh, Ward, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man, some of it was good. Like the brother who, Christian Bale, with the brother looking like a crackhead. But man, the fights, the fights are horrible. Were they? <laughs> oh, I think they were fucking horrendous. I don't remember them. Most fucking boxing movies don't do a really good job, man. They really don't. Man, I don't know. I mean, dude, look at Rocky, man. Stallone, Stallone got hit with 57 shots before he answered one back. Well, I mean, listen, Rocky, I know we've seen that as a kid. I don't know how it holds up, maybe. But but I'll tell you right now, Mark Wahlberg, that thing was that was horrendous. <laughs> I'll shut that off and watch Spencer Official. What was that when he was on that? Spencer, what was that movie he had? When he, they told you he was a private eye. I don't know. Spencer well, for Hire was a show. What about the Creed fights? How do you like those? I'm not going to lie. I could never get into Creed. I don't know why. I Wait, do you mean the, the the films, right? What the People age didn't it. work out? D didn't the age not work out? There was something about the uh, the son's age didn't work out for when Apollo had died. Is that what you mean? Like the the new Creed, and they switched the mom. I think right. Well, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, hey, mom. I yeah, I'm not sure what happened to the mom. Yeah, they used uh, what's her name? She was in the damn Cosby Show. Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad. That's it. But the original woman was different unless these were supposed to take place 10 years ago i remember it driving me crazy because i love michael b jordan but i remember thinking right. like the age doesn't work out there's something i don't know why it's a fucking movie like why do i care the age yeah, doesn't yeah, work yeah. out i'm not gonna lie after rocky four i just started you know come on man you didn't like the one with tommy boy that was all right then you then he didn't he die of like fucking aids or something i don't yeah, know did, tommy Gun. that was yeah. depressing too that was like yeah. not only that what kind of idiot puts Paulie in charge of all his money? And then you got the robot in there. Fuck, I love you, Paulie. Oh, go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bad choice. That was it a bad was choice. It was. I liked it better when Adrian was a total fucking cunt. And she was like, you can't win. <laughs> and he's sitting there in his fucking boss shirt with fucking Apollo's blood on him. All right, what's, what's your favorite boxing movie? For me, it's Raging Bull. I would say that was oh, my favorite Raging boxing Bull's movie. Raging up there for sure. Raging Bull's up there for sure. But for you, what's the one that it rings the truest? Or that you just like the best? I'm going to go. I'm going <sighs> to. The greatest where Ali played himself. Do you ever see that one? Where I was Ali... say, of, course, of course I saw that. Oh, where Ali played himself. Play, yeah. He played a young Ali. It was so funny. He was probably in his mid-30s. And he was yeah. playing like a 20-year-old Cassius Clay. Right, right. Yeah, no, I got to go with the Raging Bull, man. That, that's just for sure up there. Raging Bull's. Raging Bull, the, the fight scenes off shit scene where. Off, out of the ring, were better. Dude. You never, you never knocked me down, Ray. Yeah, he was out of his fuck. That guy was out of his fucking mind. Yeah, yeah he was. You know In real I mean? life, he was, man. I yeah. remember I, uh, I met him 
Um, they had a 30 year reunion in 2006 at the uh, Canasota Boxing Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, a 30 year uh, 76 Olympic uh, reunion for my dad and his team. So my dad was there, Ray Leonard was there. And uh, as I was walking by Lamada, that motherfucker stuck his foot out and tripped me. I was like, oh shit. He's like, you gotta stay alert. And I was like, all right, shit. Nice to meet you too, champ. <laughs> yeah, he was a little, uh, yeah, I, I've interviewed Jake once, uh, but it was many years after that. It was, uh, I, I mean, probably 2015 in that area. And he was a little, by then he was kind of fading a bit, you know. Um, yeah. he, he would tell like the same joke. I fought Sugar Ray so many times, I got diabetes. He said that yeah. sometimes, you know. Yeah, right. but uh, I watch old footage of him, and it's amazing he lived as long as he lived, taking the type of punishment. Because uh, Lamada's best defense was just putting his face out and plowing forward. Like, he was right. amazing. And uh, to, to have taken that kind of punishment in the fucking 40s and then to still have been here until a few years ago is incredible. Crazy. Well, shit. Look at Chavez, look at Chavez Senior. Every now and then, he still jumps in for these exhibitions. You know, it's funny, man. I I, I respect him so much. I, I get. Was it Meldrick Taylor? Was that the fight that uh, Richard Steele stopped with uh, yeah. two seconds? I mean, I, I don't care what any. There's there's no way the ref doesn't know there's two seconds left in 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 the fight. That was absolutely terrible. Um, and when Chavez eventually lost, I, I didn't like how he handled it. If I remember correctly, when he, he was like, what was he eighty and zero or something at one point? Dude, I think he was 89 and 0 when he fought Pernell Whitaker. Was did Pernell his first guy that beat him? No, that was a draw. And oh, that, that fight got declared a draw. But Chavez lost that fight. And any, anybody who knows boxing knows he lost that fight. But yeah, it got declared a draw. He that guy's a fucking legend in the after. I mean, to have that kind of record. You know, that used to be big back in the day when he fought, especially for being a little guy. He fought a lot of tomato cans, though. Don't get it twisted. Oh, I'm sure he did. A lot of backyard fights in Mexico. They dies one oh seven and six when he retired. I mean, it's just staggering yeah. that a guy has a hundred and thirteen fights um, on his. Per- you know who I, I? We have to wrap up too because we have our next guest is waiting. But uh, you know who doesn't get talked about enough? Fucking Ernie Shavers. I mean, is there anybody more enjoyable than Ernie Shavers in the seventies? Yeah, again, one uh, one of the hardest hitting, harder hitting guys in uh, in every way of history. Ernie's still around. Is he still around? Yeah. Ernie Shavers is still alive. Yeah. I've never met him, but I, I believe he's still alive. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Hey, before we let you go, Cyril, Cyril gone or Francis, who do you think wins on that one? <sighs> you know what? I, I do like the patience and poise that I've seen from Ngannou lately. Like he really, he took his striking game to another level. He just looks so much more relaxed. He's not throwing these big winging shots. He's just patient. He's taking his time. He's getting behind his jab. I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with uh, Ngano. I have to. Ooh, I agree. Very interesting. Yeah, everyone else is taking Cyril Gone. They all think Cyril is gonna, but I absolutely don't. Yeah, but I, I think everyone's talking about this old sparring footage that they've seen, and you know, guys change, man. Yeah, especially when you, especially when you win a belt. They say you're 30 percent better when you got that belt around your waist. I wonder if that's the confidence that comes with it. I don't know what it, it just does. It does. It does for a guy's psyche. His confidence just takes him to a whole other level. All right. Well, listen, man. It was great. Great having you on. And and uh, hopefully, Dustin will will get that that fight with Nate, or Nate will get that fight with Dustin. However, you want to see it. That, that's a great fight. Um, and I would love to see that uh, happen. But either way, it was really fun talking to you, man. And we appreciate you coming on. Amazing, man. Gentlemen, thank you for having me. A pleasure. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed. 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Brian, how are you? I'm great, man. Great. Good, good. Where are you? I'm in L.A. right now. Just got back from Austin. Okay. Congrats on the Netflix uh on uh on the stand-ups i haven't seen it but everyone is saying how great it was yeah thank you man thank you i've worked hard on it are you good at watching your own stuff like i hate watching my own no stuff. i'm not man i i watched it i watched it once when uh we had a watch party at the comedy store but uh no because all i do is think about all the shit i missed and all the tech you know you come up with tags after the fact is useless to you it's just torture. Yeah, I find it hard. Like when I'm editing something, I can watch it because it's like it still feels like I'm still do. It's still part of me doing it. And then as soon as it's done, like the idea of watching it in front of people, I, 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 I it's it's so humiliating to me. I can't it's, watch it. It's in front crazy. Of Is it like that with you, Matt? Like when you watch fights, oh, when you watch like especially like losses, when you're like, oh fuck, I could have. You know what's funny? I'll tell. I'll be honest with you. I watch the losses maybe like once or twice. I don't watch them too much. Uh, don't yeah. get me wrong though. I'll watch the fuck it at Frank Trick fight. <laughs> I, 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 I watched it three times today. Not really. But no, when things go like really right, it, it, there's a lot of fights where like I lost the, you know, like like decisions. I'm like, ah, I could have really emptied the tank in that round. I could have did more. There's a lot of that going on. And and the fights that I I I yeah, like I yeah, that I really definitely lost. I, I was like, like I like I'm like, you know, you have to. You have to review just to make sure you don't fucking like you guys. I guess don't, you don't want to bomb again. If you really bombed and you watched it, you might be like, it's "Fucking sucks to relive that." Yeah, because they they kind of the same in a sense where it's when you I'm sure where you bomb on stage it probably tortures you. When same thing if you got an ass kicked in front of everybody, it's kind of embarrassing. You know what I mean? We usually get a late show though. At least we can try it again the right. next night or that night, unless you're filming something. Uh, but if you're just doing sets and you bomb, fighting is, is so different because you have to wait so long, you have to heal, and then try to get it back in five months. You know, at least we could just go up and wipe it out the next night. Yeah, and comic, comics don't heal. We just carry around the injury. Yes. <laughs> it's just the, the mental injury. <laughs> yeah, and it makes us better. Like, literally, the more mental injuries you have, the better your next show is going to be. Brian, anybody in uh, – where'd you grow up, buddy? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in uh, PG County, Maryland. Now – if we asked people back in high school, would they be surprised that you're a stand-up comic? Like, yes. They would be. Really? Every, yeah. every comic. Every no comic I've ever spoke to, Jimmy, were like, hey, I was the class clown. They're always they weren't. Unless I was. I was the class clown. Yeah. I mean, I was a I was a bit of a clown, but I but I just I didn't know. I didn't know I was funny. Wait, wait, Jimmy, are you just saying that to be a dick? Or were you no, really- I, I, I was class clown, but they didn't put me in the yearbook because I was in rehab. But I did <laughs> win it by votes. I did win the votes. 
So in in high school, you were like, when did you start saying, "Hey, I want to do stand up"? Like, when did you start like writing down jokes or go, "Fuck, this is a possibility"? Well, well, after high school, so so I was a foster kid. So I went to I went to every high school in PG County, and it, and I I was never funny, and then until I joined the military, and it was it was a weird situation where uh, damn, I feel like I tell this story every everywhere, but um, but when I got to my first unit, I was the only black person. Cause they they'd had a racial incident. They'd taken all the black people out of the unit. Nobody told me. I was the first. I was the canary in the coal mine. And I get there and I notice everybody's acting funny. They're being a little too nice. You know, I could hear the the hush conversations as I enter rooms because everyone's afraid to say something to offend me, right? right? Which and you but you can't live like that in in the in the military. So finally, my commanding officer he tells me what happened. Blah, blah, blah. So I just pull everybody to the side and I go, hey, listen, here's my deal. You say whatever the fuck you want. I'm never going to turn you in. I'm never going to complain. But I get to say whatever the fuck I want. So then I started being allowed to just say what I wanted. And and a lot of times I would say what nobody else could say because I would get away with it. And it started getting laughs. And they and they started encouraging me to do stand up. And then and then when the day I decided to do it, is uh we we ran into Dom Herrera at a Hooters in San Diego. He gave us all tickets to his show, and I just watched him fucking murder. He came out and did an encore, murdered again, and that's when I decided, oh, I'm gonna do this. I, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I still didn't get the balls to do it for like six more years, but that's when I made up my mind. What what branch of the service? Marine Corps. Oh, you're in the Marine Corps. Did you go overseas at all? Did you did you did you see any action? Or yeah. No? Yeah, I went to Iraq twice. Yeah, I, I got I, I did stand up there. I went over in like 2000, the end of 2003 into 2004. But we you know, we was mostly uh, we were obviously with the Air Force. They, were, they and the food they had was was amazing. Air Force had the best food. Oh, yeah. Well, Air Force is spoiled, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I think we made the right choice. Um, and how many years did you spend over there? Um, oh, in Iraq, I was over there for total, like, I think 13 months, something like that. Does it put bombing in any kind of perspective on state? Like when you have like active military service in a, in a war zone, does it, does it change the way you view the risk of being on stage? Like it, 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 bombing sucks, but it's, there's really no real risk to it. You know what? To be honest with you, I, I, I think that for me, it was, this was harder because back then I was a kid and I was, I wasn't really confident. I learned to act confident. But but stand up makes you earn it. You know, you 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 can't lie to yourself. Well, some a lot some people do. You know, some people bomb and like and they think they killed. I don't get that. They like serial yeah. killers or something. But yeah. but on stage it's like there's no, nothing covers it up. No amount of physical fitness, you know, no amount of pussy you get in. If you're not good at it, you just you have to sit with that. And so I think I I I I uh Instead of being confident in, in in the fact that I was a Marine or that I was in an organization, I, I had to relearn how to be really be confident in, in my own self. Your first time doing it, was it an open mic somewhere? And did you have your little bits written out or what was it? Yeah, my my very first time doing it, I was, it was a joke that I'd, ri- I'd written the joke like four years prior. Okay. And I, my first time doing it, I, I, I fucked up and I didn't know that there were different kinds of open mics. 
and I and I and I went to a musicians open mic. <laughs> wait, wait, what? That's funny. That's funny in itself. Yeah, right yeah. I mean, it was a thing where it, it wasn't it wasn't marketed that way, but it was just known that like it, it it was advertised as anybody can come, but it was it was run by musicians and they didn't like comedians coming. And so I was the only comic here, and and I and I thought I was bombing, but there were like two people in the back of the room that were cracking up. And when we left, they they told me what I fu- where I fucked up, and they they got we got high, and I decided to like do it again, you know, because they were like, no, you were funny. Everyone's just assholes. They're just waiting for their turn. Well, I mean, dude, you're probably looking at a magician crowd. They're probably sitting there with a deck of cards and a fucking rabbit in a hat, and you're sitting. No there, musicians. No, no, no musicians. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> magicians. <laughs> I would have noticed that right away. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Bunch of fucking cocky musicians, uh, magicians. <laughs> Sir, that's that's a big fuck up. Yeah. Oh yeah, but what you know, oh, we do shit. we do run into magicians a lot. They're the worst people to hang around with. Wait, who who is the who is the worst? Magicians. Magicians are the worst. Why are they the worst? Because you know, say you in a social situation, a comics a comics can sort of show their superpower without being annoying. Like you can be funny and charming in a group without trying to take people's attention. And, and magicians. They get kind of insecure around comics and they start doing magic tricks, you know, and it's it's not always the time and the place for that shit. And no matter how well you're doing with a woman, she'll always want to fuck the, the magician. Like <laughs> it, 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 it's it's really is something that when there's a group of people around because my humor is kind of toxic anyway. So a magician is always going to get a group to immediately focus on what they're doing. And then sometimes we're like, Ugh, yeah, we just find it irritating. Can I just add in for every David Copperfield and Chris Angel? There's a bunch of virgins out there with a fucking <laughs> deck of cards. Like, eh, they're not fucking get. Come on, Jimmy. Oh yeah. If you yeah, get if you get, if you get if you get one of them, it's okay. But a group of them, yeah, I, I avoid it like the plague. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been around more than one. Uh, I think I think one is my maximum. How how long did it take you before you were actually on the road, like either featuring or close? Did you start closing early, or did you start? featuring first no i mean I, wa- I wasn't on the road um but when when i uh i got re- i got kind of lucky in this regard my first year that a comedy club was opening up in the city and and i was their first employee really i was their first door guy and i started doing everything within within 11 months i think i was opening on the weekend for like the because this is san diego so a lot of headliners would come down from la to like their practice or whatever and within like a year and a half i was featuring on the weekend so i was doing those half hours i was hosting the open mics i was running the show selling the tickets seat in the room all of that shit yeah so it got you a lot of experience early yeah man i was getting a lot of stage time in the beginning and what was the foster system like uh in maryland when you were a kid how many years were you in that for uh pretty much the whole time with the exception of a couple years because i was i was in it from from the age uh, five or six, and then I got taken out of it at at, a, at age eleven, and got put back in at age thirteen. When you were out from eleven until you, like, I guess when you were kind of eleven and twelve, did you go back in because you were having trouble adjusting, or did circumstances just work out that way? Yeah, I think you know they they uh you know by then I was already ruined, and my family tried to you know my father tried to take me out of it out of the system, but it was I just didn't I didn't listen to anybody, you know I didn't give a fuck. And I was just, I was just a handful, man. Is the foster system, are, are families that you get matched up with, are most of them nice or 
or, or do some of them just want money and they're shitty or, or did you get mashed up with nice people? I only I only had one shitty family. They they, they were all nice. I mean, but, but the, the truth is that, you know, they don't have they don't give them the resources to help the children. You know, all of them are just warehousing children because they don't have the you know, they you know, you get they love you like a lot of them. They love you. They try to give you normal, a normal environment, but you're not a normal kid. Do you always feel like it's brief your stay? Like, do you always feel like this is just a kind of a stop off for X amount of time? Exactly. Yep. I never lived anywhere longer than two years. Wow. You know, and that that was the most. Most places would be, you know, nine months here, a year here. So, you know, you make so then you start like you stop making friends because, you know, you make you make a close friend. You never see him again. You know, you you work your ass off to do well in some class. And then you in, then you're in another school district where the curriculum is different and all that shit don't matter. You know, so it's just I just did what I wanted, which isn't always, you know, healthy. Right. And then you join the military, which is also a place where you're probably not going to sit still for too long. Uh, they're going to bounce you around. But but you do get theoretically it's a meritocracy. And so you do get some consistency. You know, it, that shit wasn't for me either, though. But I'm glad I did it. Yeah, they don't they, they don't have place. They don't have room for comedians. No, uh, in the in the military, nah. Yeah, individual thinking is not encouraged. No, and you know, as a comic, your brain, you're you're always looking for what's wrong or what doesn't make sense, and you and and and, the, and no one's gonna explain shit to you. Like you can't be in the military wanting everything to add up. Yeah, because some things are just gonna be because I said so, and that's pretty much the end of it. Right, or it's like you're too low down the totem pole to even understand why you're digging this hole over here, you know, and, 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 and I would have to like, you would have to have a, a clearance and I would have to give you a tour of this, this bunker for you to even understand why it's necessary. So to you, you're doing it for no reason. And that doesn't fucking matter. Cause you still got to do it. Yeah. I would never have uh, survived in that. I'm just, I'm not physically fit enough. Was the physical stuff hard for you? Cause for me, that's no. what would kill me. The jogging and fucking shit. I would never be able to do it. Um, it, it wasn't that it was hard, but it was just, I wish that I had, if I, you know, cause when, as you get higher up in the ranks, no one's making you do it. You kind of more in control of it. I wish I had that because they made me hate exercising. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. And so when I got out, I just stopped doing it completely. I wish that I'd had a little more control over it, but it, it wasn't that it was hard. It was just constant every single day. What are you doing now to, uh, do you doing any training now or no? No, no. I'm I'm going to start though. I keep telling myself. You know what? Do something fun, man. Like you like mixed martial arts or no? Do you watch the UFC? I do. Yeah, but that I'm so far from being able to uh, to roll and all of that, man. Why do you say that? I, I you know, I think I was I was talking to somebody about this earlier, but I think the 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 highest shape you've ever been in makes it harder for you to it's harder to get back in the shape than it is this because like if you've just been a fat fuck your whole life everything you do is progress yeah. but if you will if you were once at your peak physical condition everything you do feels like you're still catching up like no matter what you do you're still so far from where you know you could be and it's more discouraging yeah but you know not to be devil's advocate here brian you understand but uh let me tell you if you have something that's like kind of fun, like, dude, you're not getting that. First of all, my knees suck. You won't find me on a treadmill. I can't run if you had a fucking, uh, if I was getting uh, attacked. But, uh, you know, jujitsu is fun as fuck. Even hitting the pads. 
If somebody like uh, does the pad work, you want to do Muay Thai, just the moving. It's fun as shit. And you don't got to be yourself when you were in the military, that kind of shape. But man, you I, first of all, I, I can't really see your face. I don't even know how if, you, if you're overweight or not. But I'm just going to say, like, it makes you feel fucking good. You get those endorphins running. You know what I mean? Like, you get a uh. natural fucking high. Along with your other high, you'll be on cloud nine. <laughs> you know? But yeah, it's yeah. fun, man. It's Everyone, fun. If you me, I would make you come down, and I'd say, Brian, come down, and let's do a little jujitsu, and I want you to feel, see what's going on here. You don't. Well, where to- Where are you? Are you in I'm, LA? Nah, I'm in opposite. I'm in Long Island, New York. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, it's a lot of fun. It's what I'm trying to say, and, and it's good all around. And then, I'm a lazy motherfucker too. I used to train for fights. I'm not running no fucking hills. But oh, do I love jujitsu? You know what I mean? All right, it's, yeah. You might want to try it. I'm telling you. I might just do that. You know? Did you, you, ever- did you convince Jim to, Jim to do it? Tell him, Jimmy. I I did finally start uh, before the pandemic. A, a fighter named Jimmy Rivera had a school very close to me. So I started going in and training, and I loved it. And then the pandemic shut everything down, and his school moved, so I didn't go back to it. But I'm really mad at myself that I didn't because I fattened up. Um, and I was really liking the kickboxing when I was going. So I do want to go back, but I've just been very lazy. So he did. And if I was all on island, I would absolutely go to Matt. I mean, if I was out there, of course I would train with Matt. But, you know, just from Manhattan, it's too too difficult to get out there. But there's a lot of good guys in L.A. too, I'm sure. That shit, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, man. And uh, so, do you watch the fights though? You watch regularly or no? I I watch semi regularly. I think I, I think I I fall into the filthy casual category. Yeah, you know, I watched I watched I definitely watch all the biggest fights when I can. Um, I was I mean I was really looking forward to uh, what was the fight that got canceled yesterday? Uh, oh, Holloway Volkanovski. Yeah, Holloway. Yeah, I was looking forward to that. Holloway's always fun. Holloway, you know, he's always and and those fights were like razor thin. Yeah, and he's a showman, man. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, he is. Yo, not to jump all around, but I was going to ask you this before, and I want to ask you as a comedian, because I know Jimmy. Jimmy, as a comedian, he can't watch other comedies. I, and I'm Jimmy, I'm being honest. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't think anything's funny. Now, do you ever watch comedies, or you think, ah, this is just fucking hack? Um, you know what? Honestly, if, if it's a friend, I will play their special in the background to give them a view, you know? Yeah. But I prefer to watch it live. That's stand-up comedy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like a, like comedy TV shows and shit? Yeah, or comedy TV shows or comedy movies. No. Nothing. I don't watch it. No. Can't do it. It's not that I can't do it. I just, I, I you know, I don't enjoy it as much. You know, it's like, um, you, you ever hear the old saying of, uh, if you love sausage, never visit the sausage factory? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's kind of that. It's like, uh, you, you see the jokes coming and the, uh, and sometimes, like, I'll be in a room full of, like, with family or friends or something, and they'll put on a comedy, and I'll just be the only sour fuck in there not laughing. And it's, and it's like, and it's not even that I don't think it's funny. It's just, it takes a lot for me to laugh out loud. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, and sometimes watching, and, and I am, I'm the same. It's not that I don't think other comedians are funny. Like, if I'm walking through the cellar and, and Colin is on, or David Tell, I mean, there's those guys are so funny. I find it depressing. Like I'm like, ah, like the, the the joke writing is so good. I'm like, yeah, it just makes me doubt myself. And I, I, I so I'll watch for a minute and then go upstairs, depressed. But it's out of respect for how good they are. And when you watch certain comedies with people, like there's times where people will laugh at things, and I hate people for laughing at it. Like you know, there's certain <laughs> things people will find funny in a movie, and it will make me hate them. Like that's fucking awful. I would never laugh at that. 
So yeah, I, I avoid it too. I just, I tend to not enjoy that experience. You know what? We should really mention and pay our respects to the great Bob Saget. How oh, the, I know. Yeah, How terrible. depressing is that? Right after Norm MacDonald, who, who I was a huge, huge, I'm a huge fan of. I still, I watch his clips on YouTube all the time. And, 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 and they were close friends. It's crazy. And Betty White. And Betty White. Uh, yeah. Betty White, though, at least was 99. I mean, Norm was 61 and Bob was 65. Like, and, and it's funny. Like, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 53. And 65 when you're 53 is reachable. Like, you're like, well, that's not that crazy of a fucking age. And they said Saget died in his sleep. Uh, like, his bags were packed and by the uh front door I'm, I'm reading so maybe he just laid down and his heart gave out or something i don't know but yeah it's he was a really good guy man really lovely person yeah we if we it's like if one more classic comic dies it'll it'll be like the perfect aristocrats joke yeah yeah i mean i, I mean i was on that saget rose and bob is dead and, and norm and geraldo and none of these guys were that old you know like uh there's a weird thing with stand-ups where you don't see a whole lot of like in their 70s and 80s comics like most comics will die like between 40 and 50 or live to be 95 like <laughs> yeah i just i just don't want to die in a hotel room no but a lot of performers do just because we're on the road so much and if you're going to a ritz is not a bad place to like if you said to me you're going to die in a hotel and, I, and they said it's going to be in your sleep in the ritz I mean, I don't want to die, but I would take that. I would take well, that over a lot of other options. Well, it's not the dying in the hotel itself that bothers me, but it's the way the headline reads. You, you know, because right when they say, oh, they found him in his hotel room, everyone's mind automatically goes to David Carradine. And, you know, you you die trying to jerk off and choke yourself. Or so, you know, they, it just leaves too much to the imagination. They don't go, he died peacefully in his sleep in the Ritz Carlton they go we, he was found in his hotel room yeah and, th and they don't say anything else and when I think about Carradine the sad part is I know I won't I won't have the luck to go out like Carradine because in all honesty that's how I would choose to go out if you told me I could die in a hotel jerking off in thigh highs I mean what a great story that's exactly how I would choose to go yeah Jimmy, possibly sitting on something, if I know you. <laughs> no, I, I can't tolerate that. But I, I mean, in a, <laughs> in a closet, just <laughs> nobody would be surprised. Are you on the road at all, Brian? Before we wrap up the show, our show's almost over. Um, are, are you out now? Are you at least enjoying uh, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm Actually, I'm going to be in uh, West Nyack this weekend. Oh, okay, at, at the, the Levity. At, at, the, at the Levity Live in West Nyack. And then I'm going to be in, uh, I'm doing the... Uh, the Ontario Improv okay. next week in Madison, Wisconsin uh, in February. Comedy on State, right? Yeah, that's a great, yeah. a great room. I've, my first gig back after the pandemic in August was in uh, was Comedy on State, and I'd never done it. It was unbelievable. So, yeah, you had some good gigs coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Hey, Brian, you I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I was just going to ask you, when did it, did it take a long time for you to just live solely on your, your comedy like you're doing now? I mean, when did you? Oh, did yeah. You, did it take a long time for that? It's it took till I mean right now I'm in year eleven. Oh, I'm, I'm hit eleven years. It took me till year seven before I was living off just comedy. And and I mean that I mean shit now I mean that's crazy man. You living the dream now. You feel oh, like yeah. you feel like you won the lot. I mean I know it's a lot of hard work. You put your time in. But did you ever think that day was not going to come, or did you ever? Did oh you ever yeah, all, all the time, yeah. all the time. And now I still feel it. Still feels weird, you know, because we could. There's a lot of money in comedy and it feels sometimes, you know, you get a check and you think 
damn, dude, I, uh, this isn't even fair, you know? Because most of the people I know, they work hard nine to five and I make good money just talking shit. I'm still going to keep it. I'm not giving it yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're so funny you said that. I feel like that hanging out with my sweet little buddy right here, Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, I'm sorry to say that in front of my brother. Oh, that's yeah, okay. It's, it's a Jimmy, good living. Jimmy, you too. Did you ever think that you weren't going to live solely off it or? Yeah, that's the great, that's the, the one desire you have when you start. I just want to make my living doing this, but then you just keep, you move the goalposts a little bit as things go. I know, no, but I want this or no, I want that because your measures of what make you successful change, I think. I used to teach for Master Henzo in Manhattan and, uh, you know, the guys, the nine to five guys would be in the, the afternoon class and I'd stay in training at nighttime with the guys and whatnot after that. And I remember that some of the fuckers would be like, oh, this is good now, you're young, but Sooner or later, you got to get a real job. And I used, to, you know, I used to choke those motherfuckers, too, when they'd say that. But I remember being like, <laughs> fucking mega. I, that might be for you, but I'm going to make this shit work. And look at us now, Brian, me, you, and Jimmy. We made it. Yeah, we did. Right, I at least it. I'm, I'm going to feel like that for at least six more months. <laughs> yeah, and then you start to go, all right, now I got to put together, shoot something else. <laughs> right. But it's good. Everyone's talking about how funny your thing was, man. So definitely enjoy it because I've I heard about it and I saw a couple of clips just floating around online and without looking for comedy. So people are definitely talking about how good your uh, how good your set was. Yeah, that's all that really matters to me. I want the respect of my peers. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, it was good talking to you, Brian. Good luck at these gigs. You have a website or something where people want to go grab your stuff and grab all your dates? Yeah, I mean, well, mostly you can find me on Instagram at BS Comedian, but also have a, a BS with Brian. Uh, uh, BS with Brian Simpson is my podcast and uh, BS comedian uh, comedy.com is my website. All right. Well, it was good. Uh, good hanging with you for a little bit, man. And, and thanks for coming on and uh, definitely talk to you again. And if you're ever in Long Island, New York, and you want to try some jujitsu, bring some comfortable clothes and you, you hit me up. Okay. All right. Serious. All right. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. You got it, man. Nice to meet you, man. Brian Simpson. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Of yourself. All right, Jim. Later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I like him. Yeah, he's funny, too. I mean, again, the little clips I've seen uh, have been very funny. Uh, and uh, everybody is talking about how, how good his whole set was. So, yeah, it's nice to see him. Uh, I, want him to, I want him to either try jujitsu or kickboxing. He looks like a guy that if he gets into something, he might just fall in love with it, and then he'll be the next action Bronson. Look at that guy. You know? All right, buddy. <laughs> well, coming on Wednesday, we have... Uh, I just, Jimmy, what I seen, when I just said that last sentence... It might as well, 
you might, you listen to me. You, you, you know when they have those old fashioned, one of those clocks when you check in, you check out the yes. job. Boop, you were done. Well, no, I, I'll be done. honest. There's something in my system that needs to come out. <laughs> what is that? Well, I may, use, I may need the restroom. Jimmy, we had such a fun show today. I can't wait to talk to you again in a couple of days. Right, oh, guess what? Really quick before yes, I let you go. Sure. I'm doing, I'm doing your friend, Louis J. Gomez's uh, podcast later. Oh, his, uh, he has a, an MMA. Yo, one. yo rap. No, yo MTV rap. No, yo, yo something. I forgot. I'll, I'll plug it next time. Yes, he has a, uh, it's an MMA podcast. That's good. Yeah, do listen, man. I like to have a good time, you know? Hey, Jimmy, I'll catch up with you in a couple of days. Okay, buddy, talk to you soon. Love you, Jimmy. I love you, pal. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.